1: but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies west. Discover yours at
2: TravelWyoming.com. The bull is coming in and getting closer and getting closer and getting closer. He knows I've been calling like a bull, he knows I've been calling like a cow, so he knows there's two out there, and, and he's ready to go. His testosterone is as high as it's ever going to be in his life, and he's wound right up. <laughs> like that.
3: This is Brad Varney. There's a lot I could tell you about Brad, but the most important thing you need to know is Brad is a moose whisperer. And his skills are in demand. He can speak their language, he can disguise himself as a moose, and he engages them in romantic three ways in order to lure them out of the woods back to his place. But what happens when you're in the middle of a love triangle with two 1,000-plus-pound wild animals? We're going to find out. From New Hampshire Public Radio, this is Outside In, a show about the natural world and how we use it. I'm Sam Evans-Brown. Producer Megan Tan spent a day hanging out with Brad in his house in Turner, Maine. I'll let her take it from here.
4: In New England, moose hunting is a big deal. And if you're lucky, you're one of the 2,700 people who received a moose permit this year in Maine out of the 50,000 people who applied. But you only have six days to find and shoot a moose. So the stress is high. The anxiety is real. And you're deep in the woods of Maine. And Brad is the certified moose guide that you want on your team.
2: In a perfect world, you're there a half an hour before it's legal shooting time.
4: What's legal shooting time?
2: Um, That is a half an hour before sunrise, and so you want to be there by 5.30.
4: When he says there, he means the northern woods of Maine, where you travel on dirt roads, you're 50 miles from the next town, and at 5.30 a.m., it's dark, and you're looking for clues. Moose clues. So how do you know where to put your stands?
2: There's several things you look for.
4: What do you look for?
2: Um, If you're hunting bulls, you look for where they have thrashed the trees with their horns. And then you look to see how fresh it is and you watch for the tracks in the road. When they're sparring, which is fighting, but not really fighting, just sparring, the tracks are all towards each other and it's all chewed up in the road and all of this. When they're fighting... There's always lots and lots and lots of hair. If you can find some of that stuff, especially if they're fighting or sparring, then you have competition.
4: Competition is good. It means that there's more than one bull nearby. But a clue that's even better than a sign of healthy competition is the sign of healthy
2: lovemaking. If you can find a breeding hole. What's that? It's where they actually mate.
4: You've just hit the jackpot.
2: It's kind of neat because the average person thinks that a breeding hole is this monstrous, monstrous thing that they roll around in, and it's not. A breeding hole is less than two feet across.
4: Really? Yeah. Two feet? Yeah,
2: it's only about that big, and it's about six inches deep and the bull will take the cow and put her hind feet in there so she's six inches lower, and then he slides up on top, and that's how they breed, with her feet in that breeding hole. Most people don't pay him any attention at all. I have no idea what they do, but you get down and smell him, and they stink, because the bull keeps peeing in it all the time. But if you can find a fresh breeding hole, call, and he'll be out there within 15 minutes.
4: But it's not that easy. In order to lure a moose out of the woods, you have to become one of them. And disguising yourself as a moose is trickier than it sounds.
2: Take a half a pail of water, and then you take an empty pail. And you hold the pail up over your head, and you dump it into the other pail. It sounds like a cow peeing. And a cow peeing means there's a cow there. And, you know, that's like you got a male at a bar. If there's no females in the bar, we're going to go someplace else. And all of a sudden, everybody, you know, oh, 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 there's girls here. Okay, come on, guys, and then you go. And, and that's the same thing. These guys, are, these bulls are out there looking for their girls.
4: Another way boys at a bar also know that there are girls there too is if they hear them. <laughs> so you're really kind of like playing with, uh, like, the romance. You're, oh, like, yeah. in the middle of the...
2: When you call like a bull, and the bull's with the uh, uh, you're challenging a fight. When you call like a cow, you're saying, come find me.
4: And that's when the triangle threesome, Jerry Springer-like romance drama begins. And Brad is at the center of it all.
2: I had a cow and a bull, talking to me for 15-20 minutes. Um, The bull was hooking trees and slamming stuff, which is talking. And the cow was whinnying, and the bull would grunt and I was talking to the cow and I was talking to the bull and I got talking just to the bull and the cow got really upset.
4: How do you know?
2: Oh, listen to him. Believe me. And the bull is coming in and getting closer and getting closer and getting closer.
4: That's so interesting.
2: He wants to come out and fight with the other bull and check out the cow. He's ready to go. His testosterone is as high as it's ever going to be in his life, and he's wound right up. And the cow wanders off and starts really talking to her bull. She does not want him to go see the other cow.
4: And the other cow is you.
2: Yeah, the other cow is me. And then you hear this. Tremendous thrashing of this frustrated bull is just ripping up everything in sight. And he finally just lets a beller out and walks off.
4: It sounds like a soap opera. It like, yes. For Brad, being caught in a moose love triangle makes for a great story. But for the hunters he's with, what just happened was bad news. Because what the hunters want, all they want, is for a moose to come out into the open. And in this case, they didn't even get to see a moose. And this could happen every day. It could happen right up until the fifth day, the last day. And for people who have waited years, I'm talking 20 years, to receive a moose permit, this is the fear that sits in the back of their head that they don't want to face. The possibility of not seeing a moose. The possibility of not shooting a moose. The possibility of shooting at a moose and missing. If any of that happens, then there goes your trip. There go all of those years of waiting, all of your time and money, gone. Which can stress hunters out. So as much as moose guiding is about finding a moose, it's more about managing the people and their expectations than it is about managing a wild animal.
0: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Each story from our guests and listeners is totally unique and utterly personal. We love hearing about your first impressions when visiting someplace new.
2: My first trip to the Patagonia region was on the Argentine side. I couldn't believe the expansive territory. It's like being in Tibet. The emptiness and the harshness, really, I found transformative.
4: Or, a
0: story told when safely back on dry land. You know, things happened every single day. I ran out of gas on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, what if a sea creature comes to (laughs) eat me? But then I'm delusional. I was like, I'll make friends with it, and it won't eat me, and maybe I'll ride that back to shore. (laughs) That's how it works. Join me, Vale Arakoplu, every week for more adventures on women who travel, wherever you listen to your
4: podcasts.
2: I had a guy that uh, he and his wife both had a cow permit. Same zone, same week. And he was getting a little frustrated. He wasn't seeing as many moose as he wanted to. He wanted to shoot it Monday, two of them. But uh, when we were out there, I'd see some birds. I'm like, okay, just step out and shoot this bird. I'm not interested in birds. Well, it's okay. Just step out. I'm going to step out and shoot it. So you step out and shoot it. And the birds are a great distraction, if you know what you're doing, to take the edge off when people start getting, like, geez, this is day two and we haven't seen a moose yet.
4: Shooting birds also serves another purpose. It lets Brad know whether his hunters have the chops and the skills to take down a moose with one shot. So the couple he was talking about, after several days of shooting birds, they have three days left to find a moose.
2: We hadn't gone a quarter of a mile from where we were calling. it. It was up on a monstrous hill. And he goes, two cows right there.
4: Standing at the bottom of the hill were two cows, the exact kind of moose and the exact number of moose they had been looking for. They may never get another perfect situation.
2: And if you look up as a guide, and you see what you're looking for, and you see that the people you're guiding have seen what you're looking for, and they're getting ready to shoot, it's instantly like, okay, just calm down and make a good shot. And I stepped out and was watching him and was watching the cow picked up my gun, didn't load it, but was watching him in the scope, watching the cow in the scope. He shot, the cow instantly whirled and took off. The one thing that you can't tell is if they hit it, did they hit it good or did they not hit it good? Because a hit's a hit. When a moose runs off, I like to give them 15 minutes, which makes the people that you're guiding very upset. It's like, just sit down, have a sandwich. Come on, let's go have a sandwich. And we got back in the vehicle because we were on a little hill and we drove down to where it was and there was no blood, no hair. And I says, well, in ten minutes it's going to be dark. And she's like, okay. So I brought down a flashlight and we're in an area where the grass is four feet tall and yes, up there there's moose tracks everywhere. And when you get into a situation and you haven't found it in the first five minutes, the people that are with you start asking questions. What do you think? Have you found any blood? Are you sure that's the right track? Are you sure it went this way? And we hunted for probably a half an hour, and it was well after dark at that point. And we got back into the vehicle, and I said, we'll go home. We'll come back in the morning. It's not going to be a problem. It's going to be cool enough tonight. Not going to spoil any meat. And the last thing we need to do is jump up a wounded moose that's laying within 200 feet of the road and have it run for four or 500 yards out into woods where we'll never find it. And so we went back and went home, and he's sitting there, and I said, look. When you took the picture, which is pulling a trigger, you got a scope on, and you're looking like your scope's just like a camera. When you took the picture, did it look good? He said, yeah. I said, then no, don't worry about it. We'll find it in the morning. And we went back the next morning, and we hunted about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, you hear this, Yahoo! 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 He's, I got it! I got it! I found it! I found it! He says, I walked right by it last night. He said, You're right. I walked down this road last night. There's my tracks right here. I walked right by it within four feet, five feet last night. I just couldn't see it in the dark. And it was laying right there dead from when he shot it. It was dead within three or four minutes of him shooting it.
4: But I, does everything kind of stop once you get the moose? You know what I mean? Like all of this anticipation of like.
2: You start paddying. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But for Brad, parties don't happen all the time. His phone isn't ringing off the hook. He gets calls from hunters about once every other year. But making a ton of money isn't what it's all about for Brad. He just loves being out there, acting as a medium between these wild animals and the people who are looking for them. So just like the 47,300 people who didn't receive their moose permit this year, when he does get the call, it's worth the wait. Outside In was produced this week by Megan Tan with help from Maureen McMurray, Taylor Quimby, Logan Shannon, and me, Sam Evans-Brown.
4: Special thanks to Chrissy Gardner, who connected us to Brad.
3: Our theme music was made by Breakmaster Cylinder.
4: You can subscribe to the show in iTunes or however you listen, usually by pressing a button that says subscribe.
3: Our website, where you can see photos of Brad and taxidermied moose on his wall, is OutsideInRadio.org.
4: You can follow us on Twitter at OutsideInRadio. Thanks for listening.
3: Did he cover his mouth when he did it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like he's good. And is he doing this? Is he like... Maybe. Vibrating? (laughs)
4: Vibrating? You guys nailed
3: it.